Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 280 for October 14th, 2019. Today's guest is YouTuber, musician, sanctuary co-founder, and all-around badass human being, John Ted. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 14 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the side bar and footer at mikeypod.com or just search mikeypod in your favorite podcast directory if you'd like to know more about me stop by my website at michaelheron.com hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron or email me at uh, email (laughs) just write email and look at me the email address is mikeypod at gmail.com i'm having this my neighbor is doing construction in the back yard i don't know what he's doing but i keep hearing a saw a table saw start and I had to start restart this a couple times. I'm have the, you know that sense of like oh god is it is it coming again? Anyway, hello, welcome to the show. Also, I'd like to welcome two new patrons, Celine and Walker. Thank you for becoming patrons on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MichaelHeron. If you're not already familiar with Patreon, it's a way that you can. Um, Subscribe. I think of it as a subscription or a membership service for um, my podcast and the the zine I produce with um, my friend Luke Curtis. And um, people who are really interested in my work and this kind of stuff that I do and my performing and et cetera, et cetera, uh, can become members uh, $2, $5, $25, $10, whatever amount you want. Um, you get various perks and you get to be a part of the community of <laughs> stuff that I make, which feels really weird to say, but it's also like a really ex- it's great if you're not already aware of patreon check it out like i'm uh, a patron of a probably like five five or ten people uh, i think it's great i think it's the future of how people are going to be creating art um, if not through patreon exactly i think this type of patron patron model has always existed and um, i'm happy that it exists now in a way that i can uh, be a part of i think it's a great site the people that have it put it together i feel so happy about them taking a percentage of what people give to me and um, I think it's really cool. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Uh, my next show at Judson Memorial Church is going to be on December 11th. It's actually going to be a really special night. Um, make a note of going there. There'll be more information about that coming up. Okay. I have a couple of really great interviews coming up. In addition to the one you're going to hear today, uh, Beloved Binge, which is a, a duo musicians it's a band i love them and they oh that was a great interview and then uh natalie Joachim, who's kindly agreed to to do a second interview with me after i managed to lose the audio from the first one uh natalie is a, a fantastic composer and flautist and electronic musician and storyteller it's gonna be a great interview so all of that is coming up if you are a patron definitely definitely check out the bonus podcast. It's going to come up on Wednesday. Uh, It's an extended interview with John Ted, who you'll be hearing from a little bit later today. It was great. Like, (laughs) you're going to hear how great he is in this first interview. We went deep (laughs) in this second interview. And yeah, you definitely want to hear it. So patrons, um, be sure to check it out. And if you're not a patron, you can become a patron. Patreon.com slash Michael Heron, as I mentioned before. Um, Everyone at $5 and up gets a... uh, gets this bonus interview there's i think there's probably like 25 30 of these bonus interviews so if you become a patron you immediately get access to all of those um yeah okay i think that's everything uh, sorry for my vague is what's it called on a podcast when you're vague booking like if you vague vague booking you know you like make a post like oh like some random 
thing. You guys know what vague booking is. Anyway, this is vague ca- vague casting. That's it. Anyway, forgive my vague casting. Uh, maybe it'll register with someone. I- I'd like to talk more in the beginning of this podcast just um, <laughs> about just my general stuff. Um, not necessarily like issues, but it- it's, a- it's a funny line to walk because this is I like to feature other artists on this podcast but I am myself an artist and people who like my work might be listening to this podcast hoping to know more about me so I guess the moral of this is definitely reach out to me and let me know what you want to hear on this podcast if you're not hearing it and tell me what you don't want to hear (laughs) if you're hearing too much of something anyway let's go on to um, some music Uh, John Ted in addition to being a um Sanctuary co-founder and a YouTuber and um, my co-worker at Stronghearts Cafe in the summers. He is a musician, and uh, we're going to hear a track from his band Highland Funeral. This is called Off the Island, and we'll follow that with the, with the interview with John. Yeah. 
was Off the Island by Highland Funeral. And joining me now on the podcast is member of the band Highland Funeral. I don't even know which part of the band. We'll learn all about that. John Ted, hello, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me, sir. Uh, I'm so happy to talk to you. You do so many different things. Like you've been a part of the Vegan Zombie. Now you have your own YouTube channel. You run a sanctuary, like, and you we've worked side by side at the line at the state fair at uh, the at Stronghearts Cafe. What? <laughs> right. What don't you do? A lot, lot of stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what you're doing now. Let's talk about the sanctuary. That is an amazing topic because I am learning so much about how things operate and uh, how much work is actually involved. And um, I owe a huge thanks to actually Peter from Tamerlane because he he hooked us up with a lawyer out of Rochester that worked pro bono in getting the whole thing set up for us, um, which was awesome. But even that, even the paperwork for a sanctuary is a lot of work that um, the owner, Janelle, has pretty much done everything. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm the cone, I'm the co-owner, which means I'm a signature on a piece of paper and I come out and I try to help plan, um, take care of the animals, really do anything. But it's, it's, it's like a three or four person operation and we need, we're, we're going to start like training people this fall for the spring and winter. Um, cause, cause we're just, we're growing. A lot of animals need homes. Um, that's so, it's so like, as I'm talking, I'm like, what? is the through line that, and also I should acknowledge um, Janelle, it's Janelle's Sanctuary and you're like, a, yeah, co- co-founder, is that what you said? Co-founder, yeah. yeah. I, I accidentally said co-owner the other time and there there is a huge difference because I feel like when you own something, a lot of that responsibility falls on your shoulders more so than mine. Um, so I feel like it's a lot more stressful when you actually are an owner of the property and trying to figure out you know, personal property versus farm property and all of that stuff. So me being the co-founder, it just made the sanctuary able to happen because you need four signatures to, to make a, to make a nonprofit. Come oh, into- I got it. It's yeah. So-, so it's actually Janelle's property. It's two hours away from where I live. She's in Byron, New York, and I'm in um, Syracuse, New York. Byron is kind of close to, it's probably about 30 minutes west of Rochester, um, and that's, it's about two hours from my doorstep to the farm. Mm. So that's, that's a challenge too, because I want to be there every single day helping out and I can't because life kind of gets in the way, you know, I have a, I have a house here in Syracuse, a full-time job here and it's just taking, uh, it's taking some time to get everything in place to be able to be more full-time at the farm, which is, it, it is the goal eventually. I don't even know what goes on behind the scenes of running a sanctuary, just having spent time at Tamerlane mostly, and then other sanctuaries that I've spent time at. It's, uh, just seeing that level, like the animal care level of it is so intimidating. Like it, to imagine doing that day after day, and then the whole behind the scenes stuff, like when you're talking about uh, getting things set up and the lawyer and all that kind of stuff, it's just like, oh my God, how do you do it? And I yeah. guess, yeah. And, and I also wonder, like when I first, way back, way back when, when I first started going vegan, I think that was when I first discovered the Vegan Zombie YouTube channel. Like, has it, has it been around for like, what, I've, I've been vegan for a little over 10 years, I think. Has it been around that long? Yeah, um, we started the channel... In, in 2010. Uh, uh, 
And and uh, that's when we were just doing cooking. And it's amazing how much even the Vegan Zombie YouTube channel has evolved over the years. Um, but yeah, right right around – I met you at Tamerlane actually. You were staying there. I think you were working on your book or yeah. maybe you were on some music. I can't really remember. But Yeah, I was. that was during the year that I was uh, – I'm doing finger quotes uh, – resident artist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. when I went to Tamerlane and just told them, hey, can I be your resident artist? And they were like, what – sure what is that and i was like uh i don't know but let's figure it out so it was during that time period <laughs> you're about to find out yeah but that was the first day i think i i don't i think i might have met chris before then chris cooney who who now runs the vegan zombie channel right do i understand yeah. that right yeah yep. um so how it's there's just an interesting little period that happened in there and I can't remember how much of this you talked about. I think you did talk about it on your channel and how much you've talked about to me. So I'm, I don't want to like jump in, but you no, sort it, of, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, um, I'm, you're guessing, or I'm, I'm guessing you're going to ask what happened with me not being in the vegan zombie. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer. It, it basically came down to, uh, a mental health thing, believe it or not. I, hmm. I started to get really bad social anxiety. I was okay when it was just Chris and I, he was holding the camera and I was doing whatever recipe and stuff. But anytime you'd get a third party involved, I was having a really hard time just being myself. And then when we would go to live events, I was in my head the whole time, just nervous because I was the face of the vegan zombie. Chris was the owner and the creator and there was just this really weird dynamic when people would ask me questions and like they they'd be like what's your favorite horror movie and I'm like ah oh, you know I like zombie land I don't really love horror movies um per se and that's where Chris kind of excels so he would jump in and then they're like oh who's this guy so it felt weird because I was a spokesperson for a, a brand that I didn't really own ooh there's a helicopter flying I don't know if you heard that yeah I did it's, it adds to the to the flavor yeah yeah I'm I'm like that's cool. All right. I don't what well, anyway. Um that coupled with the fact that, you know, two people were working on a YouTube channel and my full-time job picked up, I started to uh, I got promoted to like a manager which took a lot of my time and um and I was in a band at the time too. So I was trying to juggle a lot of stuff and and when I I started to separate a little bit and that's when Chris had to step up and be like, well, I want to keep the channel going. It's my channel. And he overcame any of his issues. He kind of had some social anxiety issues as well that he's, he's talked about on his channel. So I'm okay mentioning it. Um, but he overcame it and <clears throat> he actually built his channel to what it is today. And it's, it's much bigger than it was back, back when I was the, the guy. Uh, so I feel like it was a good move, but it was really risky. I, I do feel kind of guilty that I, I left Chris hanging like that, but I didn't know what else to do, man. It was, it was, um, I wanted Chris to, to have his thing and, and excel at it and be the guy that was answering the questions in the face. And it just seemed like it was a good brand move for him to be the vegan zombie and me to be a guy that kind of shows up and, cause I, I'm still on his channel every once in a while, but I'm more of like a special guest, a special quote unquote guest. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, and, and since then Mockingbird, uh, believe it or not, Janelle and I have been talking about having a sanctuary since right around the beginning of the vegan zombie. And in 2014, I almost, uh, I was about ready to push the button on a Kickstarter 
to buy property here in Syracuse. I had 26 acres and I was going to do the sanctuary here and Janelle was hopefully going to move out at some point. And that fell through and then Janelle found property in Byron and it kind of switched places. So here we are. Um, I have my own YouTube channel now, but because Chris talked me into it, believe it or not, <laughs> a lot of people were always asking, you know, where's John? And Chris is like, this is a great way for you to get anything you want. It can be music. It can be recipes. It can be your top five favorite vegan restaurant. It can be anything that I want because it's basically my little world. And I was like, well, that, that could be kind of fun because we could bring awareness to the farm. I could go back to testing recipes. You know, once I, once I started working this full-time job, all of my culinary, uh, I went to culinary school. I don't know if you know that. Um, but that all kind of went on the sidelines. Um, and I miss it. I kind of lost myself in my full-time job. Mm. So doing this YouTube channel kind of made me go back into my creative spot. And, uh, and it's been great ever since it's, it's hard to maintain with everything else going on with the farm. If there's an emergency, I have to drive out there. Um, but when I do post the videos, it's like a, it's, it's a rush. You're like, yeah, I did something and it's related to veganism. Uh, yeah. So like, a couple of things I want to throw out about that. One is the name of the, your YouTube channel is the vegan homestead. That's right. Um, and I'll put a link to that on the show notes for anybody who's listening. Um, how, like, I, I guess I, I always, I feel like I've, I'm a very like, well, I guess this isn't that self-centered. I'm like, I'm going through a thing right now where there's some like, activist things I used to be involved in that I'm now like feeling like I need to take a mental health break from, but feeling this guilt for not showing up for the animals. Yeah. Did you, did you go through that at all when you were trying to decide about leaving the vegan zombie channel? Not, I didn't go through it with the vegan zombie channel. I, I mean, yes, actually, now that I think about it, I did feel really guilty. Like I was leaving Chris behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, one of my biggest motivators for staying part of the vegan zombie were all the messages we got from people being like, Hey, vegan zombie, I've been vegan for six months because I've been watching your channel. It's really helping me get ideas and motivating me. I mean, that was the biggest, uh, that was the biggest rush that I would get getting those messages. Cause it is like, yes, I actually am making a difference. I'm helping people go vegan. Um, but I, I didn't feel guilty for that because I was like, I'll still be able to do it. It's just not going to be like once or twice a week, which is what you kind of need for a YouTube channel to grow. If you don't have that, uh, you know, set schedule, people tend to not get notified right away or life happens and they kind of forget. Um, so I, I didn't feel guilty with the animal part, I felt guilty with leaving Chris behind because mm. it's, it's a lot of work. With the animals, I was like, well, I'm going to switch gears to the sanctuary, so I'm still helping animals just in a different avenue. Um, but in terms of going to protests and stuff, I do feel guilty all the time because I, I don't often attend um, protests and stuff like that. Yeah. And you, can, you rely on the other people to do that, but that's a hard job as well. Um, but there are, you know, Michael, there are a lot of different avenues to reach people to help them go vegan. And that's what, one thing that my strength was to approach it in a charismatic, friendly way, meet people where they're at, you know, don't judge somebody cause they're not vegan yet. Try to let them know, you know, how easy it is without shoving, um, the harsh truth down their throat right away, because that can be a turnoff for some people. Some people can sit here and, and, and go past a protest and be like, wow, I had no idea. 
but I've met a couple of people in my college years um, that straight up there was a student protest going on um, for veganism, and a girl sitting next to me is like, "Did you see that protest?" I was like, "Yeah, I saw it." She's like, "You know, I, I hate to say it, but that kind of stuff just makes me want to go out and eat a hot dog." And I was like, "Whoa, that's harsh. Calm down." But <laughs> <laughs> I, I so long story short, I feel like. I can I can do more for veganism by approaching it from that more gentle standpoint versus the stop uh, stop consuming animals meat is murder although all of that stuff is very true and I stand behind it a hundred percent it's just if that's not my main avenue to try to teach people about veganism yeah I think that's important to to like real like realize we each have strengths I, there was a period maybe in the first couple of years that I was vegan that I was very like. Uh, this is how it has to be. And this is how, you know, I was real abolitionist and I was real on board with like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Well, I get, I was learning, <clears throat> yeah. but I really thought like, oh, you, the only way that works is this. And, but just as I'm like going on and having more like non-vegans in my life, I'm realizing like, oh, sometimes it's good for me not to say a thing and just be a vegan person sitting at the table that, you know like yeah, michael and the the thing about that is um you learn that as you as you kind of evolve through veganism when i first went vegan i was the same way i mean i was gung-ho everybody's got to go vegan it was loud about it um and and then even you know my first band when i was on tour all four of us were vegan and the other two guys uh that my buddy caleb and i were vegan for like five or six years at the time and these other guys just went vegan uh, within within a year, and they had that excitement about them. So where I was chose to be silent because of lessons that I learned, they were not. And I just think that I think I don't know. As vegans, when we go uh, over time, we start to realize when the best time to speak up. We kind of have an understanding of people's personalities and and what they're willing to accept and not accept. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've told, like, I, I used to be, I don't think I've told this story in the podcast. Just a little, like, point of reference. This time, well, I'm, over a year ago, I had taken the Liberation Pledge. You know what this is? It's a, it's a pledge to not, well, it's three parts. To be vegan, to not sit at a table where other people are exploiting animals, so eating meat or dairy or anything like that. And then uh, the third part was to tell other people. Um so I was pretty gung-ho about this, and I was pretty strict about not sitting at the table if anyone was eating meat. And then I started dating somebody, <laughs> this guy who wasn't vegan, and like I didn't bring it up, and I just sort of was like, hey, let's go to this vegan place. Let's go to this other vegan place. And as time went on, he was a little like, like he, was, he didn't want to go to all vegan places. And yeah. I had to decide, like, oh, shit, I want to date this guy. <laughs> but I don't, you know, but I've taken this pledge. So... I stopped taking, I stopped doing the pledge and it made me realize like when I sat with him, it was better than not sitting with him when he was eating meat. Cause now he just eats vegan around me most of the time. Okay. Because, okay. because I, instead of like saying, I won't do this, I just was like, okay, yeah, I'll eat with you. And I could tell that he's like, Oh, I'm eating a cow in front of this guy. That's really passionate about animal rights. And I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> do you know what I, does that, so I just really, no, it, it made absolutely. me realize my perspective. Like there are many different ways to show up and, and yes. Yeah. And make a difference. I think the only thing that I would say is, um, 
where where I'm having a difficult time is the people that I the people that I care about and connect with the most. I find myself and and this is a flaw. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Um, I, I I have a hard time going to family functions because mm-hmm. I'm like I've been vegan for 23 years and like why do you guys have to eat all this meat? Can we just have a vegan holiday one time where I don't have to walk it? You know, it's getting especially having um just being around animals all the time, you know, working at, working at a sanctuary when I can and, and them eating chicken and, and, and pork. And I'm like, why you guys have known me my whole life. How come you haven't seen the light yet? You know? And I feel bad because it's, it's a very personal uh, thing that I'm, I'm like judging them and I don't mean to be, but that's, I've had relationships um, suffer because my significant other wasn't, wasn't vegan. And um, I don't know how you feel about that. Have you ever gotten into any any arguments or anything, or has it been pretty pretty casual, pretty light? It's been the thing that's really like great about it. And I don't want to tell his business too much. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so right. he probably won't hear this. <laughs> but he's a, he's amazing. We've been dating for like almost a year and a half now, and it's fantastic. So okay. if you are listening to this person I'm dating. but the thing that we haven't ever had an argument about it. I mean, I think there've been moments that, that we very, uh, you know, like I would just sort of explain like, yeah, my, my perspective is different than yours. I think about the animal more than I think about the person, the person's right to eat an animal. Right. Well, it's, it's good that you can uh, kind of approach the conversation level headed. I think a lot of my issues was, uh, um, I went vegan when I was 15. So I'm talking about high school relationships that didn't really work out. Now, uh, would they have worked out anyway? Probably not. So I can't really say my relationships were ruined because of veganism. I will say though, <laughs> um, being married to Kristen and her being vegan, it, it does make life so much easier having a whole house full of vegan food, although it's all fair game. So if she buys something and it's delicious and I'm hungry, I'm going to eat it and then we're going to fight about that. Like, did you eat the last donut? I'm sorry. I was hungry. So like, what was I supposed to do? Just leave it? It was just staring at me the whole time while you were at work. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, like it must have been hard too. like 20, 23 years ago. Is that when you went vegan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Like it's a lot more just in the last 10 years. I've seen a huge change in just visibility of vegan food and that type of thing. So, I mean, 23 years ago, not just that you were in high school, but the fact that probably no one knew what you were talking about when you said you were vegan, right? I think there was only like two other people in my entire school that were vegan. So um, it, it was it was a challenge. But just like you said, I was aware of everything. Um, I started to do my own research at 14. I, I, after being com- becoming friends with uh, Chris Cooney's little brother, Brian, he was vegetarian. And, and that's kind of where I started to like delve into it. And, um, when I made the switch, it was scary. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just learned something that I can't unlearn. I just saw something that I can't unsee and it flipped a switch in my head. So it, it, it was hard back then. Um, now it's just ridiculously easy. So anytime somebody says I, I would be vegan, but X, Y, or Z, I'm like, well, here's X, here's Y, and here's Z. What's your excuse now? I'll help you literally the entire step along the way. Um, and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, that's, that's the sad part. I wish everybody could be vegan or I wish we had all the right answers. So there wasn't all this factory farming around and and a need for all these sanctuaries. I mean, 
that's that's another hard thing having to turn down animals because we're at capacity right now mm. um that's it, it takes it, it you want to save them all and you can't yeah uh I'm, I'm glad you added that or mentioned that idea of telling you know like oh here are the solutions to these problems do you have with going vegan let me help you like i feel like that is the thing like i add that to almost every time i post about going vegan on facebook i always finish with let me know how i can help you and it has stopped all the people fighting yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. people don't get defensive when you're like when you're ready i'm right here ready to go <laughs> i'll menu plan i'll meal prep with you i'll do whatever i need to do because because it means that much to us you know mm-hmm. that that we want to help people a, you're gonna. You don't have to be healthy and be vegan, but if you want to do it the right way, you probably should. I am a junk food vegan still, and my body hates me for it. Um, but anytime somebody's like, "I can't give up cheese," I'm like, "Are you serious? It is so easy to give up cheese right now. Check out all these products." Yeah. Um, but it is it is expensive if you're going for the knockoff stuff. If you're going for the vegan versions, you know, you're the field roasts, the gardenes. You're, you're paying a premium for ju- instead of just buying fruits, vegetables, rice, beans, you know, whole foods. Oof, Lordy, we should talk about your music. I can't, we've already been talking a long yeah, time. We got to keep. Me. 45 minutes goes by or a half hour goes by like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your music. And um, yeah, because that was a thing. When you told me you were a musician, I think I just realized it when I started watching the Vegan Homestead videos. Or okay. when we talked around then, and I had totally missed that part of your life. So anyway, should I, should I keep talking about how I didn't know that or give you a chance to talk about it? <laughs> well, uh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll talk about it. Um, I, I mean, I've been in a rock band-ish since I was in – since like 2005. I was in a band called Spiria, which was like math rock. I was not very good and it was terrible. Don't, don't Google it and look it up ever. Um, uh, it was just four, four dudes that just tried to, tried to be really good at their instruments. And, um, we, we lasted about, I think it was three years. And then I moved to New York city. Um, and then I joined another band back in Syracuse called the Scarlet ending. And this was fronted by, uh, two twin sisters, um, that with amazing talents. I mean, they, they could both sing, um, Kalina could play the keys, uh, the ukulele, bass. Uh, I think she had a theremin at one point. Oh, cool. Uh, Kaylee was a she was a violin player, uh, a violinist, I guess, if you will. Uh, she also played guitar in the band, and and she would do backup vocals with with me and her. I mean, the triple part harmonies alone was worth me being in that band because I felt so pr- like honored to be able to share the stage with those two. Along with, coupled with um, my friend Jess, who is the owner of the garden center that I work right now. He hooked me up with that job when I joined the Scarlet Ending. And um, my uh, one of my best friends, Aaron, he lives in Pennsylvania now, but he was the bass player. And Nick was on drums. The cool thing is, we got picked up by Armed Forces Entertainment. Uh, and we got to travel all over the world playing for the troops that were stationed overseas. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so um, I went to I went to Greenland and I played um, I played outside on the Fourth of July in like fifty degree weather and I played a bar at two in the morning that had all the windows blacked out so when I walked out it was still like it was noon because the sun it was sunny twenty four hours a day in Greenland that time of the year um, but I've been to Germany 
I've been to uh, the Middle East, Africa. Uh, I played on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And these are just like we had to place thirty uh, percent covers and six and forty. Uh, I'm sorry, seventy percent originals, equaling a hundred percent for all you math nerds out there. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down now. <laughs> sorry, that was a little too much, too many numbers, but. That was a really fun experience. Um, we recorded uh, two full lengths and an EP before we kind of disbanded just because we all got, you know, we all had lives. Two, two, two people moved out of state and we've had a couple of reunion shows here and there, but uh, we never got picked up. We, we played in front of a few booking agents and they're like, you're almost there. Just try this. And I think at one point we're just like, all right, you know what, if we we had a good run. It was fun, but you got to move away. You got to move away. We got to do other things. So that kind of fizzled out. And the vegan zombie actually started picking up at that point. Uh, oh, it was right. it was funny because it was right kind of when Facebook was. It was, I mean Facebook's been around, but the vegan zombie like Daya would share a couple of the videos because we'd feature their cheese, and then a ton of people would start following us. And so the vegan zombie was starting to get more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for attention than the scarlet ending. And I kind of started to try to help Chris more with that as the scarlet ending kind of fizzled out. So that's, that's pretty much it. Now I'm just in the Highland funeral, which started on an accident. My friend Nick was in a band and they had a gig lined up. The singer of that band decided to move to LA and he needed to, he didn't want to like bail on the show. So he got a bunch of musicians together and we wrote a couple songs and, um, I think we're going to be kind of like taking a time out for a while because I don't have any time. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly, that's hard as a musician because that's a creative outlet that I can't use right now. So I miss it. And there's like a part of my, I just have a hole that a music hole, I guess that I ha I can't fill. And I, I'm hoping that in the wintertime I'll be able to get my music stuff set back up. And I do write a little bit for the vegan homestead channel just on GarageBand. I just write these little like loops and I just loop it for five or six minutes and do that a couple of times. And that's really fun. I love that stuff. Yeah, I think that's what made me realize. I think we talked, yeah, we talked a while ago and you that you were telling me about those loops. And I was like, what? You're a musician <laughs> too? Uh, I love it. Well, we have, we listened to a song from Highland Funeral at the beginning of the show, Off the Island. And yep. um, we're going to wrap up the show with another track from Highland Funeral called We Didn't Know. Um, right. is this music, can people find this on the internet somewhere? Yeah, you can, it's on Spotify. It's on, I think it's on iTunes. It's on everything that you can pretty much look up. Okay, cool. So you can find us on Facebook. We have an Instagram account as well. But like I said, this four song EP is probably going to be all you're going to see for the next year and a half or so. If we all get time or I get a burst of creativity, I might write six or eight songs, <laughs> send them their way. Um, but it is nice that like those guys are fun. They're fun to play music with. And it's it made me realize when the Scarlet Ending was done, I was like, all right, I gave it a run. Uh, I'm done being a musician now. And I'm like, that's kind of silly. I feel like I'm always going to be a musician. Why would I stop doing something that I love? Uh, just because the band that I was in didn't, you know, doesn't pay my bills. I can still write music that I love. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges being the type of people that we are. <laughs> You know, that do a lot of different things yeah. that, that many people consider their full-time thing. Um, it's uh, it's tempting to say, you know, I, I was like that with my teaching a lot, where I was like, uh, I sort of, I was embarrassed about teaching, but it wasn't 
the thing I wanted people to know I was. I didn't want people to say like, oh, this is Michael. He's a teacher. Yeah. But, yeah. You're like, no, I don't want to. I want to be the performer. I want to be this or I want to yeah. be that. But, um, but you know it, what? Michael, go ahead. I, go ahead. What no, no, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say one thing that I'm learning right now is things might define part of who you are, but it's not, you shouldn't really, you shouldn't have to be ashamed of it. Being a teacher is, is amazing because you're shaping young minds. Me working at a garden center is amazing because of all the stuff that I learned. I mean, I learned great management skills there. I learned a lot about plants and horticulture. Um, but one thing that really stressed me out over the years there was like, what's it going to say on my tombstone? John Ted garden center employee. That's not what I want. I want to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but I, I do think it's really cool to say, Hey, I'm John. I work at a garden center. Um, I am also a, I'm a musician. I'm this, I'm that. So it's like, just because you're something that is not what you thought you were going to be, it's, it doesn't really define all of you. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just something that I learned this year that I'm like, you know what? I can work in a garden center and still not be John Ted garden center employee. Like I'm still John Ted superstar vegan ninja warrior. Yeah. But <laughs> now you never told me the ninja warrior part. That's a whole nother thing. I'm training. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm okay. a white belt. So, you know, don't, don't try to challenge me in the streets. Yeah. Uh, okay. I won't I will cheat. I, I think you would you. still be okay with me. <laughs> uh, so I love it. Like, yay. I'm glad we got to do this and people who are listening. Um, we're about to close this podcast, start getting ready to like feel sad. Um, but if you want to hear more, I'm going to do a further conversation with John that will be on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. Um, John, where, like, this is a tough question. What's the best place to find you online? Um, I would say probably look up the Vegan Homestead. Yeah, your YouTube channel? Yeah, I would say that that, because you get to meet my wife, you get to meet my dogs, you get to really see my personality shine in that, or I'm kind of a goofball on that channel, but that's like, that's when I get to, I'm alone with my thoughts and I'm just entertaining myself and making myself laugh. So I feel like people get a good, a good take on who I am by looking at that. But you can also follow me on uh, like Instagram. It's john.ted. Pretty easy. Uh, I was just about to say, and I'm a subscriber to the Vegan Homestead and I have notifications turned on. But I looked as I was about to say that and I was wrong. I would have been lying until now because I just turned on notifications. Perfect. See that? See how it yeah. works? Things are really changing for us, John. <laughs> yeah actually i'm kind of excited for us to start talking about i don't know what this is going to be in the fall probably going to be in the spring now that i'm thinking about it but having you come out and do your show out there yeah um i'm super excited about that maybe that can be our patreon conversation i'm down for that yay so <laughs> let's end this conversation um if you want to hear more patreon.com slash michael heron um and we're gonna listen to we didn't know from highland funeral John, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody.
From Highland Funeral, that was We Didn't Know. Thank you for listening today. Thank you, John Ted, for being on the podcast today. Thank you, patrons, new and old. And if you want to hear more from John Ted, check out the bonus podcast. It's going to go up in a couple of days. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. That was a really deep conversation we had. I'll talk to you next week. We got some interviews in the can, as it were. Oh, I don't know why that sounded, that felt bad to say that like that. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Do you like it? Why? Oh, God. Why is this getting more and more awkward to end this thing? Okay, bye.